Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Welcome to Radiant Church Online, everybody. As you know, we're gathering today in houses across the city as a result of what's going on with COVID-19. But we love you so much. I am in my living room, and I'm guessing that you are in yours. And so from my living room to yours, thanks so much for gathering with us today. Uh, On Sundays, I love giving a shout out to our dream team. And today, our dream team is Dawson Perkins, my 15-year-old son. He is the audio guy. He is the light guy. He is the video guy. And so anyway, uh, on behalf of uh, Doss and I, uh, we welcome you to church this morning. Renata and I have been praying for you, and we love all of you. We're so grateful for each one of you. I've been so impressed with how many of you have been gathering online uh, for prayer each day. Uh, That's been really impressive. We've been gathering at noon on Instagram Live. So many of you are making the transition of your small group uh, into a digital small group. Uh, This week, uh, we've been able to help give and make a difference uh, by giving and helping meals, helping people have meals in Kansas City. Um, We've also been able to uh, help people who have lost their jobs. So thank you for your generosity. Uh, It's a fun time, honestly, to be the Church of Jesus Christ. And we're in this series called This Is Our Moment because this is our moment to step out of our normal Sunday gathering scenarios and and be the light of Jesus in a strategic, unique way as we face this challenging season. So I'm impressed, I'm grateful, I love you, I'm praying uh, with you and for you. If you have your Bibles or your iPads or your phones, let's go to Psalm chapter 22 today. I'm gonna continue in this series called This Is Our Moment. And uh, the message today is called Facing Disappointment. Let's pray together and then I'm gonna read. Father, we love you today and we are so grateful to be your people. We love following Jesus. And right now we ask that you would help each one of us be lights in a city, Lord Jesus, that so desperately needs God in a world that right now needs to hear the good news of the gospel, in a world that needs to see the light of Jesus in the lives and the eyes and the hearts of followers of Jesus, we ask that like never before we would stay close to you. We ask in Jesus' name for your help and your strength. Holy Spirit, come and fill us completely. Empower us, lead us. We want the fruit and the evidence of being close to God We ask that you would be at work. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that this week uh, I've experienced more disappointing phone calls than I've received in my 20 years of being a full-time pastor. Just this week, probably more than any other week, I've received call after call of people that are disappointed. Because right now people are facing, they're they're struggling with, with a new reality, with a shock of disappointment, and this is a part of our journey. And I wanna address that today. I wanna address the the disappointment that you may be walking in. I think that there's uh, people that are watching right now and you're facing disappointment, grieving the loss of a family member. I got a call this week from one of you that's facing the loss of a job. And so there's the the disappointment of friends and family that have, have died, There's the loss of employment, 
There's the loss, the disappointment that comes from a, a, a job, not just being gone, but maybe overwhelming a job that somehow because of what's taken place with COVID-19, now you find yourself in uh, on a pace that seems unsustainable. I mean, those are some pretty big macro things. And then there's even some smaller things. Some of the disappointment that comes just from suddenly not having some of the luxuries that we used to have. There's some that are facing just the disappointment of a, a, a musical that your child was in or a play that your child was in or, or even a, a sport. And suddenly just the sadness or the disappointment because there have been such hope, so many dreams about that sport, that play, that musical, so much disappointment about the economy. So much disappointment about the nest egg that seems like it's suddenly no longer stable. And there is among us just the real reality of real disappointment. Real looking at the new reality that we face. And here's my question today. What do you do when your dreams and reality split ways? When you've had hopes that no longer look like they're gonna come to fruition? What do you do in a moment like that? Because that's a moment that I think many of us are in. This is an opportunity in the midst of your disappointment to find God. This is a moment in the midst of a new reality where you're facing disappointment, like maybe even never before. I wanna encourage you, those of you that feel like this disappointment is overwhelming, but you're a follower of Jesus. You're someone who walks with God. There are people who have gone before us who have faced disappointment. You're not alone. So whether you look into the biblical narratives in the Old Testament, or you're looking at the disciples in the New Testament, or even as you look at church history, maybe even if you look at just your parents and their parents, generations that have just gone by recently but have walked with God, throughout history, people have faced disappointment and stayed close to God. And I wanna give you a vision to stay close to God in the midst of disappointment. That it's possible in the midst of the hard time, the, just the, the, the disappointment of all these things that you can be close to God in this season. I was thinking about Joseph and inevitably the disappointment when your brothers, family, throw you into the pit, that's disappointing. When you suddenly are sold as a slave, disappointing. When you find yourself in a foreign land, no longer having the inheritance that you would have if you would have stayed with your family, that's disappointing. Then being mistreated and falsely accused, disappointing. Being thrown into prison, disappointing. And all these times you've got this disappointment where God was at work, even in the midst of the disappointment. But disappointment was a part of Joseph's story. And you could say Job, Job experienced disappointment. I mean, the loss of family, the loss of wealth, the loss of everything that he had, the loss of health. And of course, we find Job going to worship, but Job, Job faced disappointment. And the end of the book of Job is encouraging, but boy, you read the struggle that he went through and Job went through some disappointing times. I was thinking about David and David facing his older brother's not enjoying him and even kind of rebuking him. Eliab looking at him and saying, go back to your few sheep when David came to the front lines. That's disappointing. Maybe the moment in 1 Samuel 30 where David's men take up stones to kill him. So these are his guys 
and suddenly your guys, your army, your mighty men want you dead, that's disappointing. I was thinking about even David with his son, with Absalom, and the moment where David's sons and daughters are fighting and it's chaos and Absalom wants to take out his own dad and that's just, just, just a disappointing moment. And, and I want us to look at Psalm 22, this Psalm of David today, because that's just three stories in the Old Testament, but you can hardly read the Bible and not find character after character, narrative after narrative, person after person who had disappointment. So you're not alone. What do you do with your disappointment? What do you do when you face the loss of the things that you're facing? When you're suddenly looking at a disappointing reality and you had dreams that were headed in this direction and now reality is headed in this direction and that gap of pain, that gap of disappointment, what do you do? I wanna invite you to go to God. Listen to Psalm 22 today. We're gonna just pull out three ideas from just these first four verses. There's a whole lot more that we could get into. I just wanna highlight these and I wanna help you in your prayer life as you process taking your pain, your disappointment to God. Let's read what David says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, you know this text because you know Jesus said this from the cross. This is what he quoted. Let's read it. Let's look at it in the context of David saying it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. You are, yet, let's get this, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. We can keep going there, and as you read it, David then says, why not me? And David kind of goes back and forth with stating his pain and, and coming back to God and talking about who God is. But I just want to take these first four verses. I want to pull just three things out of this because I want us to become more mature in how we handle our disappointment and our pain. Look at this. The first one I want you to see is that David he, he poured out his disappointment to God. First thing I wanna invite you to do is, number one, pour out your disappointment to God. God handled the laments of former generations and he can handle ours. This is called a psalm of lament. It's where you take what, the inner traffic that's going on inside of you and you're real with God and you say it to God. You pour it out to God. You say, God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David is taking what he's feeling, what's going on in his life, and he's pouring out to God. Many of us take prayer and make it our last resort. I wanna invite you to take prayer. Make it your first response, not your last resort. Take the agony, pain, disappointment, potential disillusionment, all that you're experiencing and feeling, and take it and pour it out to God. Billy Graham said this, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have my moments of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes and say, oh God, forgive me or help me. And that's Billy Graham saying, in these moments that are so difficult, that are so hard, I have to take them to God. It's for Billy Graham, it's for you. Temptation, I'll be all right, I'll figure it out. I'm not sure that God really cares. Best step, pour out your heart to God. 
Take it to God. When you get that news about the job loss, I take it to God. When I find out about the financial loss, I take it to God. When I find out about the friendship that broke, I take it to God. When I when I find out about the, the, the tension, the pain that's suddenly the physical body that's deteriorating or it's the loss of a friend, I wanna invite you, take it to God. Temptation is to take that pain and that disappointment and just let it linger. Don't let it linger. Turn quickly to God. Listen to Psalm 55, verse 22 in the message. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. Eugene Peterson in the message gives us that language as he gives us kind of a modern version of that Psalm 55, 22. And I want you to just get that pile your troubles on God's shoulders. Just, if you could get that imagery as you face with your job, maybe it's with the, the challenges that come with suddenly homeschooling. Maybe it's the challenges with multiple meals with your family all of a sudden. All of us are facing a new rhythm, a new season. Take it to God first. No, 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 not saying, David, yeah, 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 I know that, but I don't do it. I wanna invite you to actually put it in your rhythm. Like, figure it out. Get out your calendar. I'm gonna take these things to God spontaneously when they happen, but I'm gonna carve out time to be with God and seven days a week, did you say seven? Yeah, seven days a week, get with God in the midst of this moment that's a pop quiz. We we building on sand or we building on rock? Right now, this is your pop quiz to go, I am building on rock. I am with Jesus. I'm gonna walk closely with him and I'm gonna take this pain. I'm gonna take this disappointment. I'm gonna pile it on God. I wanna invite you, pile it on. Just put it on his shoulders. He can handle it. Then look at this next phrase. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. Look at that first word, yet, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. So the second idea is this. I want you to just get your yet right. That's point number two. Say it again, get your yet right. Kind of weird, but here's what I mean by that. You've got David right here saying, here's my problem, here's my disappointment, yet, and he goes upward with praise to God. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. We tend to do the opposite. God is my provider, yet look at these bills. God is my healer, yet look at all the devastation or the pain in my body. Yeah, God is with me, yet look how lonely I am right now. I'm gonna invite you to switch it Take David's model, do what he does, because he puts his praise above his pain. So you gotta move the emphasis of the yet. Change the place where you put your yet. Go the other way. My body may be hurting, yet he is my healer. I have this pain, yet I will praise. I feel lonely, yet he is my comforter. <laughs> there doesn't seem like there's enough Yet he is my provider so that you put your praise above your pain. I'm not saying ignore your pain. I'm not saying that you pretend like it doesn't exist. It's the question of which one will be my bedrock reality? Which one will I talk about? Which one will I fix my eyes and my heart upon? 
And David here, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he goes, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. This is what I'm experiencing. This, is, this, this feels bad, yet God. And I would invite you to go, yet I will praise him. Not the other way around. So get your yet in the right place. Get where your period ends, where that exclamation mark ends, where that end of the sentence, end of the, the declaration, it doesn't end with my pain, doesn't end with my problem, it ends with my God. And so it ends with, I'm hurting, yet God. End it with your focus, your heart, your praise, your affection on God, not the problem. Again, it's not to ignore the problem. It's not to pretend like it doesn't exist. We're all experiencing a whole new world. We're all experiencing a different reality than we were a few weeks ago. But our eyes are on him. And just like David says, yet you are enthroned. He is enthroned right now. <laughs> he is God right now. He is big right now. You can trust him right now. He's worthy of your worship right now. He's on the throne. Last phrase, in you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. I just love this because here's David and it's just going back. You've been faithful before. Our ancestors put their trust and David's gonna come back and he's gonna say, where are you? I need you like that. I like just that he puts it in right here because he's got in his memory bank, he's been faithful. I actually was singing this to my kids this week at the dinner table, and I was singing Steve Green from the 1980s, baby, 19, about 87, 88, about, <laughs> oh, may all who come, who come behind us find us faithful. He's faithful. Some of you know that old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. He's been faithful before. It's Lamentations 3. He is faithful. I want you just to know He's been faithful before. Remember his faithfulness in generations gone by and how he's been faithful to you. I mean, if you can just even come before God, great is your faithfulness. I'll remember how you've been good to me. And then I just want us just to recognize Jesus telling his disciples, John 16, 33. He looks at them and he says, in this world, you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. Famous verse, one that we know, but you can imagine these disciples and they had some dreams. And in their dreams, Jesus was gonna be the conquering king. He was gonna come in, defeat the Romans. And here's a moment, end of John 16, before we go into that great prayer of Jesus in John 17, before he goes before Pilate and onto the crucifixion that for those disciples in that moment, their current circumstance was not turning out like they had hoped. And Jesus looks at them and he doesn't say, hey, I came to take disappointment out of your life. Nope, actually the opposite. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have disappointment. You will have pain, but take heart. I have overcome, Jesus says, the world. What that means is, I'm the center. You're not the center. Sometimes in our culture, it's easy for us to grow up thinking we're the center. We get, we get everything we need as little kids. We get candy and we get all of the toys and it's easy in a 
in a world where it's always trying to sell products to me for me to be the center. And Jesus goes, hey, in this world, you're gonna actually have hardship. You're gonna actually have pain. You're gonna actually have disappointment. Take heart or <laughs> be encouraged. And I'd like to encourage you today. This is not about you and your circumstance. This is about Jesus. And as Jesus points the disciples to himself, may we today look to Jesus and go, it's not about our circumstance. And we don't even take heart because the circumstance is gonna get better. We take heart because of who Jesus is. We take heart because of Christ. I wanna invite you today, lock in with that. A few things. If you can lock in with that, disappointment is inevitable, but living defeated is optional. If you can lock in with, I can't handle what happens to me, but I can handle what happens in me. Jesus, you're the center. And this is my moment to not allow my disappointment to turn into disillusionment, which would end up causing me to be defeated. But instead, I'm gonna come to God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray those ideas. I'm gonna let my heart be transformed to where I look to him and I go, all right, I will pour out my soul to you. I will praise you. And as you've been faithful to others, you'll be faithful to me. Jesus, you're at the center. If you'll get that, you'll watch. You won't live defeated. You'll live with faith and praise in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of a trying time like we're in right now. I wanna give you real three practical things as we close here that I'd like to invite you to try to do this week. The first one is what I just said a moment ago. I wanna invite you to trust God in the middle of your disappointment. And I wanna invite you to take time every day to be with God. Don't let that discouragement and that disappointment linger. Many people have disappointment and they just let it sit. No, turn quickly to God. God does some of his best work in your moments that seem disappointing. I was just thinking about the whole Bible. I was thinking about Mary and Martha. Martha saying, Jesus, Gospel of John. <laughs> hey, if, if you would have been here, and, and Martha's painful moment became an opportunity for then Jesus to go, ah, maybe I see more than you see. And the resurrection of Lazarus. I was thinking about that moment at the Red Sea where the people begin to be afraid and complain. And it looks like a blockade, looks like the end, but they can't see like God sees. And that moment that seemed the most disappointing was the moment where God said, I'll split the sea. <laughs> or if you can just imagine right now, just what, whatever, I just want you to take a second, just whatever it feels like seems like so disappointing for you. Can you just come to God and say, God, what is it that you're at work? What is it? Is it possible is it possible that your dreams for my life are higher than my dreams for my life? Is it possible, God, that your plan A is higher than my plan A? Maybe, maybe your disappointment is God set up for a divine appointment. Maybe in the midst of the most tragic disappointment, the pain that you're walking in, God can be at work. Second thing I wanna invite you to do is I wanna invite you to share your disappointment with other people. 
So you take it to God, but I'll invite you to actually develop a discipline, a process where you take it to other people. We're taking our small groups, we're growing all digital small groups. Actually, uh, we're gonna take the ones that are currently functioning as, as, as small groups that have the capacity to become digital groups, and we're gonna start a new six-week digital, uh, digital group semester. And, and the goal is that for some of you will start groups that maybe you're doing a different kind of group, now it's gonna be digital. Some of you haven't been involved in small groups, but now the pain, the disappointment, now you, now you recognize you need a small group more than ever. And you're willing to go Zoom, you're willing to go Marco Polo, you're willing to go FaceTime, something to connect on another screen with three or four other people, maybe five, and say, here's my disappointment, here's what I'm walking through, and just let other people carry that burden. I wanna invite you to that. I wanna invite you to take those things to God. I wanna invite you to jump in a small group to, and actually begin to say, here's the pain, here's what I'm walking through. I have been on the phone with men this week hearing stories that they need each other. I, I, honestly, I, I, I've been a friend to some people this week that needed me. I, I, I actually heard some stories that are, that are so disappointing this week. And, and on the other side, this whole digital reality that we live in is actually really helpful. Honestly, I've been on the phone nonstop this week. And, and I've been in, on screens, I've been in small groups, I've been in pastor's groups, and it's been an opportunity to be the people of God. And I wanna invite you, whether you're the person that shares or the person that says, I've got capacity to carry another's burden, I've got capacity to pray, man, just, I'm telling you, there's so much opportunity. This is your moment to get off Netflix and just, just help people out. I'm not saying you have to delete it. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just saying less. I'm just saying this is a great moment to pray with people online, to connect with them. I want to invite you to digitally connect with other people. Last one is this. Use your momentary disappointment to impact the eternal destiny of other people big idea, but the pain, the disappointment that you're going through, use that to help others. Let me just read Paul coming to the end. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, here's what Paul says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, disappointment, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. It could be that in this moment where we suddenly don't have some of the luxuries that we used to have, where we're suddenly facing job loss, finance loss, people dying, people sick, fear all around us, could be that this is our moment to think and see what's eternal more than ever before. It could be that this is our moment. It could be this is our moment to think eternally. I had one of my friends, he lost his young adult boy. And when his son died, it was tragic. Yet over the course of the year since he's lost him, he's dedicated his life to reaching young adults. And he's led many to Christ. And what is terrible, was terrible, continues to be so sad and disappointing Yet, 
There's an eternal destiny of others that's impacted because of the disappointment of the loss of his boy. And I want to invite you, whatever you're facing right now that seems so disappointing, what, how could God use, what's, how, how, could he, how could he flip it? How could he turn it? How could your pain turn to purpose? How could God use what seems like ashes and turn it to something that has eternal beauty? I just want you to ask that question. I just want you to ask God how, how he could be at work in something that seems so awful. Maybe he could do something beautiful. Maybe he will. I want to invite you to ask him. and Think through, God, how do you want to use me? One of the things I love about America is whenever we have some horrific tragedy and there's a bombing, there's some kind of awful disaster, we'll take what is so awful and we'll build some kind of memorial or a garden, something beautiful. I've told you before that I grew up in Oklahoma City and the 1995 bombing was my senior year of high school. And to go back and visit and see where the Fremura building was and now there's beauty. It's, it's an attempt, man's attempt, to make something beautiful out of something that's tragic and ugly. Same thing if you go visit New York City and see where the bombing took place there. And there's, there's a new building in its place and there's a memorial and it's man's attempt. It's one of the things I love that we do as Americans. The way that God does it is 10,000 times more beautiful. And he'll take the very thing that feels like unbelievable disappointment. And he'll use you, the pain that you've walked through, if you can take it to God, share with others, and then say, God, somehow use this. And I want to invite you to just begin to think about that, how God might use the pain that you're walking through right now and turn it for the eternal destiny of other people. We just take a moment. We just bow your heads. I just want to pray for you as a church. Father, I thank you for Radiant. I thank you for my brothers and sisters across Kansas City. I pray that you'd keep them safe. I pray that you would keep them strong. But those, Lord Jesus, who face trials or suffering or pain, I pray, Lord God, that you would help them look to you in the midst of the tragedy, the disappointment. I pray that you would be at work in what seems like, like unbearable pain. And I pray you'd be at work. I pray that you'd comfort my friends. I pray that you'd be close to them. I pray that you would use these challenging moments for your good. I pray that we'd be closer to one another than ever before. Physically distant, but spiritually connected and close. If you're here just watching right now and you want to give your life to Jesus today, it's the best decision you could ever make. And I just want to invite you just to begin a new journey in Christ. And just come before Jesus and just say, God, I, I come before you and I give you my life. Change me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I give you my life. Do a fresh work inside of me. I don't want to go my way. I go your way. I choose to follow you. I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.